Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Reach your hand in, grab a game. This week, we are talking God Tier on Game Cabinet. This is a game I'm personally really excited about. I have been playing God Tier since Gamma 2020. Nice. Uh, which is about a year at this point. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Because Gamma happened right before the shutdown. Right. Actually, I got home two days after the shutdown, technically. Because nice. I didn't get oh, home, because I didn't get home until like the sixteenth or fifteenth, or fifteenth or sixteenth, and people were worried when I was leaving Gamma that like all the border shutdowns were starting, and so we had a lot of friends who were from across the pond who were nervous that they weren't even going to be able to get home. Luckily, as far as I know, everybody did. I didn't see anything on the like Gamma site or anything like that. Like, oh, you know, fifteen people stranded to Gamma. <laughs> I think um, during that first week of the shutdown, they were still allowing people to travel if they, like, already had travel plans. Yeah. Like, if they had tickets to go back home. Yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of outgoing flights were still being taken because it was exactly that, people trying to get home and stuff like that. But that's more or less what it was, was like, no, you show us your passport that you're leaving to go home. And as long as your passport is where you're going, yes, you can go home. Yeah. Uh, but it seemed like that was more or less what they were at. But I had a really amazing time testing, like play testing the game, or not play testing, but trying out the game, demoing the game for the first time, actually with the Steamforge guys. Oh, that sounds so uh, cool. Yeah, I had this lovely couple that played across the table from me, and they more or less played as a team playing kind of each one champion and stuff like that we'll get into more of that later and i played too but kind of by myself just because the guy was like are you relatively familiar with this i'm like i play kill team and things like that so i'm pretty sure i can figure out a hex base versus inch base which i actually kind of like the hex base more it's just nice two spaces done Yay. happy times not two inches in any direction your model can theoretically face. I, I like hex-based things. I, I think they work really well for mobility in combat and stuff for games. That actually brings me to a really interesting point. Mm. You as one of my players, I'm thinking about doing away with square maps because of this, actually. I, I enjoy... I don't hate that. I enjoy God Tier so still, much. You can still have a hex and say it's a five-foot hex. Exactly. It's just not quite as intuitive as a square because a square is like each side is yeah exactly this but you can still just be like this is basically just a five foot radius it's yeah. just a hex shape yeah it just gives you what i found that i think that i'm going to enjoy more about it with rpgs i hate having to spend 10 feet to go diagonal it really irritates me because in real life it doesn't take me 10 feet to go five feet diagonally and see i've never played with the dm that made us do that they always were like, no, no, no. If it's a square that's touching the square you're in, it counts as five feet of movement. I've homeruled that a lot, but yeah. I think having the hex map will, because for years I was kind of reserved about it because I had had a few GMs that had, and so it was kind of a wishy-washy, and I just started defaulting to, okay, that's going to be 10 feet of my movement. And the first time somebody brought out a hex, I was like, okay, what does that mean? They're like, it means you move five feet, dude. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, but I never really thought about it much because I only played that like once or twice with them it makes so much more sense as far as combat movement goes oh my god does it ever because yeah if i'm moving in a diagonal i'm not moving less space than if i was moving straight i'm just moving in a diagonal i'm moving straight in a different direction yeah and i mean newer renditions have thought about that and been like yeah no it's five feet whatever cool and that's nice but i also like the the hex also it's more rounded i was gonna say it gives it a more round shape so you get a 
30 foot diameter. Yeah. Way easier. Way easier than, oh, well, if you move diagonal on a grid, you are actually moving 40 feet instead of 35. Yeah. Things like that. And that's. Or you get to move a square and a half. But because of playing God Care so much more, and especially this last month, since we kind of had the idea that we were going to, I've been playing a lot more. But it's been in my repertoire since Gamma of at least a monthly, if not two games a month. That's kind of game. really cool. Which I was going to say, you've seen my game closet. <laughs> not everybody gets that kind of love. That's fair. And so even if it's twice a month, if it, even if it's once a month, the fact that I go back to it that often means that it's got to be good. Well, I was I was reading some like reviews and stuff of it because I figured I should know a little bit, <laughs> just a tiny bit about what we're talking about since we don't have a special guest this week. Yeah, nobody wanted to come hang out with us. I have quite a few people who have played with me, but my my main man I was relying on, uh, no flack to him, was was up late playing video games. Can't blame him there. Playing games. I don't playing care if games, it's a controller man. or a board or whatever. I don't care if you're playing games. I'm not gonna give you any flack for it. My other one has incredible social anxiety, and the thought of being on a podcast just rattled the hell out of him. Oh. So oh. I I willingly patted him on the head and told him, you're a good kid, and we love you, and I'll see you in a little while. <laughs> I But I was looking at it, and like the time to play is 60 minutes to 120 minutes. Yeah. And that's... Depending on your usual gaming schedule, mind you, I play with a lot of like smokers and stuff. Okay, yeah, So yeah, smoke yeah. breaks happen, so ours are like an hour and a half, but that's our fault, not the game's. Yeah. But that's a that's a really reasonable amount of time for a game with the scale of like what God Tier feels like. The scale that yeah. God feels like. Yeah. And I guess with that in mind, we should probably kinda of talk about what how when you play and what what yeah. all this craziness hey, so, is. So like tell our listeners, what is this game that we've just been rambling about? So God Tier is a hex based game. For those looking for kind of a comparison, it's pretty similar to like Age of Sigmar. It's a skirmish uh, type game. Yeah, it's a it's a skirmish kind of game, kind of like Kill Team I mentioned earlier. Oh, what's another one that's really? It's kind of like Cross Masters, okay. uh, like the Cross Masters Arena, but it is a or a hex based board game where you take control of anywhere from one to three champions, depending on how many champions you personally own. That is where we'll get into the investment part of this game. But depending on how many champions you own, kind of depends on how many champions you're going to be running. Uh, you can run one to three. And for the most part, almost exclusively, you're primarily looking to get some objective hexes that come out. Um, they've got these really cool pieces that the game is named after. They're little uh, hex tokens that are called God Tier. And essentially, in their game's little lore, the gods have all died and when they die they shatter into thousands of pieces and these little god tears rain down into the ground and most mortals who like try to touch it or harvest it tend to die whereas these champions have been resilient enough mortals who have gathered a little bit of energy and have kind of gotten a big boost from it uh, most of them are most of your champions are pretty big compared to like their followers and stuff there are one or two that i think of that I can think of right off the top of my head that are comparable size or larger. Mm -hmm. But you are kind of skirmishing over these god tiers. You want your champions to kind of rank supreme. 
Well, and I was uh, in the reviews that I was reading. You collect the god tiers, and you can actually use them to change the layout of the hexes, like yeah. to claim territory, which changes the style of the skirmish that you're doing because then your enemies can't play on those areas. Yeah, and so there, so essentially, you have your objective hexes. Depending on what, there's six game types, which is really cool because you can roll three of their dice. Essentially, the most that it'll ever roll is two hits. Essentially. Mm-hmm. And you can roll three of those dice, and that will kind of decide what you're going to play. Okay. Um, Like, I take zero and make it one, because that is a chance that you can roll, but I just kind of make that one, because it is also the e- one is also the easiest starting up one. That's what they suggest you play. But you get your hexes laid out, and depending on what mission you roll, depends on what you're going to do. The losing player to the round is always going to get some sort of bonus, more or less. And essentially, each round, you fight over a ladder system uh, whoever goes second the coin starts kind of on their side first like just by one little step and then when you do certain things you gain steps your champions can do a thing called claiming where you claim an objective hex as your own and you get one point for it unless you're a green guy essentially uh we'll get into the factions here. Yeah. you get points for killing small followers you get a point for it unless you're a yellow guy and you get like four or three point two points for killing a large follower which is really cool i like that they kind of distinguish between here's a smaller guy here's a bigger guy they're going to be harder here's a couple extra for here's an extra point for it so it's a little more a little more turn-based than a lot of skirmish games it actually has one of the best turn orders i think skirmish games i think every skirmish game should function the way that it does because i know a lot of the war games and skirmish games are about just you set everything up, you, you have your plot, you, you get everything started, and then the goal of the game is just to annihilate your enemy in one go. Kind of. I So, like, playing Kill Team, being on a much smaller skirmishy base, mm-hmm. with war games, yeah, that's on the big side of Warhammer, on the big side of, like, Legion and stuff like that, yeah, that's a lot of what you're going for. But on the smaller side of Legion, like, it's at, not its grand skirmishes, but any of its normal skirmishes, and in God Tier both, it's a lot about the objective. That's really cool. Yeah, and like even Kill Team, especially like Kill Team Arena, is a lot about objectives. Like it really, they're trying to, I think they're trying to get away from that mentality of, okay, we're just going to get together and just mob and kill each other. <laughs> just going to kill And everyone. give enough fun game types. It's like, hey, hold down this whole room. You know, this is going to be a decent sized room. You have to hold the whole thing. It's like, okay, cool. That's actually kind of fun. You know, especially if both of you start at different ends of the map, same distance, and then you've got to rush. You've got to really run to that objective and try to get onto it and hold it and that's kind of what's fun about god here is that they have it's so much about actually taking care of the objective the having a banner on the field at the end of a round gives you four points if you happen to have a blue champion it gives you five essentially and that's really nice and what's cool is that like i was saying it's a ladder system so you're always sliding the token back and forth depending on what you're doing at the end of the round whoever's side of the ladder the token's on that person gets the points for the round, essentially. Okay. Uh, and points scale one, two, three, two, and one, just because they're they want it to be a, have a decent chance of fighting. If you win round one and three, that person's still got a chance of winning. The other person's still got a chance of winning, even though they're pretty ahead at that point. All right. That's also where your time constraint kind of come down. Is I've had matches where somebody sweeps in the first three, and it's like, well, I can't. I'm not going to be able to win it. Cool. We'll just call it there then. Perfect. Right on. Way to go. Let's start another. But they have different classes that they have that a lot of people mistake for factions. Okay. And that I 
do not blame them at all for that. There are so many of these skirmish games that are faction based, and you have to have this model to this certain person to this thing, and you can focus on this one army, even if there's six armies that are really cool out there, like really cool. That's my. That's why I like to play Kilty. Yeah, is I've sunk a little more than I should have into it, but I also have like three or four decent armies that if my buddies want to come over and play, they don't have to spend a dime. They can come over and hang out and play games. Which you know, is super play, fun, play especially introducing people to a game that maybe they don't want to sink the kind of money into that Kill Team requires. requires. Yeah, and it's even decently affordable, but even then, I mean, I think I, the amount that I spent on God Tier and the amount I spent on Warhammer, or on Kill Team specifically, I've gotten way more stuff for my, my God Tier pickups. Like, yeah. it's the fact that, like I was saying, they're factionless, they're classes is what it is, and yeah. so you've got... Blue, green, yellow. Red? Red. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I was like thinking of all the boxes that are down there and I was like, red. And it's cool because like you don't have to play all green guys. You don't have to play all blue guys. You don't have to play, you know, anything Which like that. Which is really cool because when I was looking at the boxes, that's immediately what I thought. I was like, oh, okay, so you're going to have a team of yellow guys. You're going to have a team of blue guys. You're going to have another team of red guys. Which is what a lot of people think. And it's not a wrong thought. Like I said, a lot of games do that. A ridiculous amount do that. That's one of the things that I really enjoy about God Tier and why I kind of call it a skirmish MOBA is kind of the best way to put yeah, it. Yeah, that was a, a term that I saw in the reviews. They were yeah. like, it's very much like a MOBA game. If you enjoy MOBA games, it's one of those ones that's going to click, like, hit every box for you. Yeah, it it's really fun. Instead of, like, you have your champion, you have your followers, so you get to play a couple of one big guy with, and control your littler guys, which is really fun. But yeah, it's more of a MOBA, so you can sit down and be like, okay, well, how do I like to play? I've personally found I'm a pretty aggressive player. I that's how I learned how to play Magic was very aggressively, and that's how I play a lot of my games. I just like to, if I'm playing competitively, I push and I play aggressive. And so I like to pick a yellow a, and a red character and then kind of decide what I want on the next, the last one. Because red guys get bonuses for killing champions. And that's the other cool thing. Champions never die. Your characters never die for good. Quote, that, quote. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things. Is If a champion is if killed... If they're bested... Yeah, if they if they've been bested, they're considered knocked out. The what's really nice, the opposing player who knocked them out gets to move them two spaces, but you get to like it's still there and it only takes one action to bring them back. So you can bring them back up and move them back into battle. You're not going to be able to attack or anything. You know, yeah. you're not going to be able to do something, always do another thing, but it's, you know, you can at least get back into the fray before the without the game. taking a whole round or something like that or yeah, or just worse being out for the rest of the game and so i really enjoy that when your followers die you can just take a recruit action on their on whatever turn they have there you go uh, and they, they spawn yeah they spawn right next to your champion they start playing and you bring your total up you can't exceed your highest total but whatever if i get back to the original guys i started with i'm happy yeah but it's got a cool turn basis like instead of some of the war games out there are very I take my turn, you take your turn, I take my turn, you take your turn. That's kind of how the movement and combat go. I like God Tier because movement phases, whoever goes first, you know, let's say for us, this is me, I get to go, you get to go. Then we come to the clash phase, and we go back and forth. So I get to activate one guy, and then you get to activate a guy. Yeah. And then I, back and forth the whole way down, and I like that because it doesn't mean I get to just dump my shots because I rolled better than you yeah. onto you, and then you get to hope to dump your shots back onto me. Well, and it sounded also like um, 
like there is a lot of strategy involved in it because in the plotting phase when everybody's moving their pieces you have to think about where your pieces are going to move after the fact but also be able to adapt to maybe you getting some god tiers and taking up part of the map so i can't move there or yeah one of one of my favorite strategies currently my current probably favorite team would probably be Rathmarid. i'm probably butchering his name but i love that character sounds right Um, i've actually he was the first guy i painted i'm really enjoying ragnosh um he's the new red guy i got or sneaky pete i really like to have one of those two and i recently got a new maelstrom which is the yellow characters and her name's Jean, and i'm a big fan of her i actually really like running her and sneaky pete because they're both goblins so they are kind of they're kind of army based and kind of themed but what's really nice is you start seeing some of the kinship in some of the races like hey you don't have to play these guys together but look at this like goblins they tend to move and attack during the plotting phase and then they tend to be a lot slower and still able to attack on the attacking phase that's pretty cool in that's my opinion. really neat like that's, that's really and neat. that's something they've just i've noticed the two goblin characters they have both kind of have that mentality very different abilities but still have that kind of move and then attack you know moving attacking while moving and moving or and kind of being slower during the actual attacking phase so have you tried both of the starter sets i own both the starters all right because because yeah. we've got what eternal glade and the borderlands yes do you have do you like both do you have a favorite uh, yeah so that's really hard for me because i was very lucky and i bought mine at gamma <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um so i got a bit of a discount so i was more or less able to take everything up for about half off yeah which was really nice the One bonuses of, the, of gamma yeah bonuses of being a, you know a game buyer and going to gamma uh so i started playing with both right off the bat but i did find i really enjoyed playing the eternal glade a little bit more i really like morgan she's the undead chick who who is in that and she's one of the red slayers i'm a ridiculous fan of slayers i like messing with people's champions i like being in your way i like like i said i play aggressive and i like to be up in I people's think that's face fair, though like um, you have your play style i'm a i've never played god tier we should yeah. change that i should come over sometime and we should play some god tier yeah we can play easy game whenever i play my first time I ever play games, I'm usually like, I'm going to sit in the back, I'm going to shoot people. So you play D&D characters. I've seen you play one up in your grill, like, D&D characters yeah, so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of you playing two. My my cleric. I've, I've actually played three. <gasps> I know, right? Four if you count Dane, but I only got to play him for, like, two sessions before he killed half the party and himself. <laughs> so he doesn't really yeah, count. count him. He tried his best. But usually I like I like playing ranged characters. I like yeah. being out of the fray. I like being up on a hill. I like being able to snipe people and then hide and not get hit. Yeah. And that's kind of why I like the Eternal Glade a little more. Is because Morgan, you could have her and her little skeleton horde of cold, zomb- of cold bones come forward and have Morgan slowly marching behind them. And because I started playing primarily with two champions to start with, mm-hmm. having both boxes lets you do that. And so I like to have Nia as well, who is the other person who comes in that box. And I really like them as a pair because Nia does a lot of debuffing and buffing and messing with the objective hexes. Like you can, uh, I don't remember if it's once a game or if you can do it multiple times, but you can sacrifice one of your corklings to grow a god tier. 
nice. As long as it's next to an already or another objective hex already. And I've used that to tail out from from it, put my champion and then my followers surrounding that one tile and keep a good solid plant for a while and just have to defend off my my banner while taking out their champion. And so it was I really like the combination of that compared to the Titus Fenvar, which is the Borderlands box. Okay. Titus is more of a clearing of the minions kind of guy, and Fenvar does some cool things with like moving banners and stuff. But I feel when you're playing, especially two champions, one to two champions, I feel that the blue guardians are a little underpowered. Okay. Um, Because they tend to move around banners and things like that. And when you're playing on a lower end, you're not generally playing with like two sets of objective hexes. It's normally like one. Yeah. And so there's less to be moving things around and kind of adjusting things. Whereas I just played Finfar in a three-player game for the first time and moved a banner halfway across the map almost. I was actually... That and was that was really fun. Next things that I wanted to ask was like, I know it's typically a two-player game. How does it work if you want to add extra players? So the easiest way I've seen how to do it, and I've kind of done it, one, pick a good partner. Yeah. <laughs> pick a partner who's not going to try to tell you how to do your turn and stuff like that, but just pick good gaming partners. Sometimes that'll ruin things. My stepdad, unfortunately, isn't a huge fan of God Tier because the first time we played with him, he was also playing with my little brother, Kincaid. Uh, okay. And Kincaid would not just let him Kincaid take is his awesome, turn. but yeah. Yeah, but he wouldn't let him take his turn and experience the game for himself. And that detracted from his ability to enjoy it. We've talked about, hey, let's work kind of in a crazy personal life situation right now. They're all getting ready to move and stuff. So yeah. we were like, hey, once that's over, let's sit down and play God Tier, just you and me. So And we'll play a full game. I like three champions far more than less champions. So, so is it you're playing with three people, but you're still playing two on two, or are you playing would do, champion versus champion versus champion? The only reason that doesn't work in doing like a one v one v one is because of the ladder system. Okay, that makes it is sense. kind of a tug of war in there. Now, I've personally found a way to home rule it that it. Isn't the best, it isn't the worst. It makes it a little more point crunchy and a little less about the ladder. I more or less have removed that. But you could do a three-player game and then decide that it's going to be whoever has the most points at the end. Like, we're not going to go back and forth. We're just going to rack up the amount of points that you get for every little thing that you get points for. Whoever has the most at the end gets gets the token. But with that, we're going to have to... You would need to extend rounds, kind of, or lower... Or, easily enough, I've thought about just lowering the point cap by two to where you only need to win four points, essentially, or by one, and make it to where you only need four. Okay. And then that would give you a chance that each person could win one of the first three rounds and then put it into that race for the last point, essentially. I get it. And so that's something I've looked at. The best way I think to do it, though, is to run in even numbers and to either play two, four, or six players and then to run that many champions. Okay, so uh, so you have teams. Yeah, so I would run, I'd essentially, like, if we're playing a four-player game, which is a pretty, most the average number people are kind of looking for, I would run two teams of two on each side and then have each player take a champion. Okay. And then play, have them just play that champion. And then, like I said, that's why I said you got to find a good gaming partner because you don't want somebody who's going to tell you what to do. Yeah. But it is a moment, it is time then to really kind of communicate on, like, hey, I want to 
Well, and you don't want somebody that takes over the whole board and yeah. tries to run the battle themselves. Yeah, you want somebody who you can be like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What is your opinion on that? And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you go ahead and do that. I can do this to kind of back you up. And vice versa, you need to have a good gaming partner on that on this one for sure, in my opinion. Yeah. Or at least somebody you just get along with really well. Right. You know? Like, we could be like, hey, you can go and kill everybody, and I'll stand in the back and lend you support. Yeah, exactly. You and I would make a really good team. I could help try to push up, get you just to the first edge of the objective hexes get you claimed up and then you could back up and hang out in the back while i try to keep that keep that push like you're saying and that's like i said just need to make sure that you're compatible as far as teammates go and i mean that goes for a lot of board games i understand for a lot especially team-based yeah but have a good gaming partner and you could have a lot of fun playing multiplayer games on it and then like i said six players i'd run three champions because that's what they suggest i've run more it gets a little messy when you try to do a four four champion game Mm -hmm. Uh, but but, so so objectively god tier could be a a group of six game yeah it it doesn't have to be just oh two people play and then two more people play and then two more people play especially 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 if you're having a casual game night with your friends. Like, if we're sitting around just having a time doing our, you know, oh, we meet up every Tuesday, let's play some games. You're there, one, you're there to play games, but two, you're also there primarily just to BS and catch up for the week. Yeah. And so this is a really good medium for doing that. Nobody's going to take it personally, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even if you do have a more competitive gaming group, this can still be a lot of fun because now you have to work together as these champions like a MOBA. Nice. Like and that's where I kind of like that bit coming in is where, yeah, Tom can decide to run into the middle of the map, but now he's leaving the left side weak, and we could have really have used that earlier. And now this guy's scoring five points on this turn because his guardian dropped a flag. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but that that's where it kind of comes into where you can really start thinking of strategies and start really playing. And that's why I like three more than one or two. Okay, is that two is fun, but there's. The strategy still kind of tends to be run up the middle. And that's kind of part of map design and stuff as well. But once you get to three, you really can be like, oh, well, I'm going to send these two up the middle, but I'm going to send this dude around. Or We're going to flank you. Yeah, or you could straight up be like, I'm going to march a line, try to make my plans, and then try to move into the middle if they're just wanting to run the middle. You know, it brings real strategic thought to it that you can get crazy with, but you can also have no clue what you're doing and still have a wonderful time playing it you know what would be i lose really, a lot and i love it you know what would be really fun for to, i don't know necessarily that it would be fun to to play but it would be really fun to watch would be a massive god tier game where you just have a long banquet table and you have one oh, army ooh excuse me you have one army versus another army and, like, before the game starts, you all kind of coordinate and you talk about the strategy, but then it's up to segments of the battlefield. Break to it down run into squadrons, their... essentially. Yeah. I think that'd be a lot of fun. So, I, I'm trying to collect it all, but that's because I like. I don't collect a lot of things. I definitely collect board games. Yeah. And I try my darndest to collect every piece of the board game I can. Now, I won't let it prevent me from picking up a really good game. Like, I've heard of a gentleman that a friend of mine knows who won't play uh, Galaxy Truckers because most of the expansions are uh, gone. They're out of print. Yeah. They just don't make them anymore. 
but he can't buy a game without buying other things. No. I won't let that happen, but I'm trying really hard to collect all of them, and I might end up buying a couple extra boards, because they do sell extra boards, and I think it'd be cool to put, like, four of them together, and then run four people running three champions each on on one, like you were kind of saying. Yeah. I'm like, I've actually got ideas for that, because I think be that'd be really cool. fun. Like, mass-scale war. Yeah. Thing. Of, you know, like, oh, I can't even think of the flavor that'd go with it, you know? This god shattered right above this spot, and, you know, just a massive, you know, the larger sharks just all fell directly down, and you were champions have decided to gather together in order to you two, know, two warring of, factions yeah and... it'll even though you guys all kind of do your own thing you know they've all met up to be like this will benefit all of us if we get this there's more than enough but if those guys get it there's not enough for all of us well and you know? they'll be coming for us next yeah <laughs> exactly like so it, that could be a really fun kind of flavor and there is a uh, one of the really cool things that i like about it there's a campaign for it a campaign kind of like you do a kill team campaign you guys fight whoever loses it's really cool you flip over the card and it's like winner go find this card loser go find this card nice and you kind of battle into your own tiers and stuff like that and depending on where you kind of end up depends on how early you get knocked out and things like that and so yeah it's it looks really cool it lets your champions level up and stuff like that so like some of the things i've seen is you know plus one movement plus one attack things like that one of the critiques that i read was that the rule set for it was a little um, non-intuitive. That there was a little bit of chunkiness in the rules that didn't quite make sense, and a lot of people recommended new players actually going and finding quick guides online to help get into the game, because it just, once you start playing and you get the feel of the game, it makes sense, but it's really hard to just dive in. Yeah, it. so having the Steamforge guys be able to show me was a big boon big big boon for having those guys uh be able to show me how to play primarily because i'm also a sea doer yeah, yeah no their rule booklet is not written the best it is kind of all over the place it tries its best to reference like if it's referencing something it tries really hard to try to tell you where it is but some of the rules themselves just aren't clear one of the ones that i've recently had picking up one of my new guys uh half tusk his froglets are one of the few followers who can actually move on objective hexes. Um, and I was like, that's really cool. Does that mean, though, that I can move on to an enemy banner and crush it with a follower? Because that's how you normally take out somebody's banners. You move your champion onto it, crush the banner, and now it's gone. Preventing them from scoring the extra points in the end. So it's like, well, these guys technically get to move on an objective hex, and it just says move. Can I do that? I eventually went on and found the the FAQ, and they were like, no, it doesn't say that it crushes it. I was like, all right, well, what does it say in the rulebook specifically? Because I'm one of those guys. Yeah, I, yeah, I've I've talked about how I'm a stretcher of the rules, and, and I have some weird and creative weirdnesses that either really work or really don't. We talked about campaign to see how long we, people can keep me just, alive. Just a campaign to keep Drew alive. I think that'd be a fun campaign. I'm... I will try to do anything in a campaign. I, I would assume that, like, because the champions are so far above their followers as far as power and stuff, that that's the reason that's, they can crush it, and the followers... That's what it. I expected, but in the rules, it says when you move a, mo move a model onto it, or move a champion onto it, but I'm like, well, in the rules specifically, you don't, you say that they can't, so why would you ever list a follower in that? So it's kind of... It left some weirdness. They probably didn't even think about the banner stuff. Like, it, 
Exactly. And I can't blame them for not thinking about it, being like, no, champions are the only ones who can move on to objective hexes, so we're not going to sit there and go, when a champion and follower moves on, moves on to it. I think and it would so. be really cool as a homebrewy thing if the follower could knock the banner over and then the team whose banner it is had like one or two rounds to get to it to stand it back up or it would be destroyed. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Like they could just knock the banner down and if you leave it there for like one or two rounds, then they can destroy it because it takes them extra time where the champion doesn't have to spend that time. That'd be a cool little one. I'm also looking at doing some more... Look at me homebrewing stuff on the podcast. <laughs> I'm looking at. I'm actually looking at. Like I was saying, I've been looking a lot more at game design and stuff like that, and looking into it. And I'm wanting to probably just rip and rip somebody else's play match style, essentially, and I want to try to find a way to adapt it because there are some really cool ones for like uh, Warhammer, where it's like go out, get this thing, and bring it back. Or pick one of your champions to be the leader. Take their campaign card and make them level 1, whereas everybody else is level 0. And then Kill Team has a cool one where it's like, you put your commander in the middle of this 5-inch circle, and that's where they start, and then the other team's objective is to kill that guy. Kill that guy. And you have to defend that guy. That's one of my favorite game modes. I've had a lot of really cool, really fun moments in kill team doing that specific game style and i want to try to do something like that for god game because i think that that would be really fun because there isn't any shooting or anything so it'd be a lot more having to figure out how to wade through and you know taking out a minion and moving forward that one space just so you can gain that little bit of ground and then it gives the other player a chance to claim more ground and to set up more defenses yeah and do something a little more skirmishy and a little outside their base objective hex kind of deal or even make it you know you're defending this specific objective hex pool essentially and the real objective is to prevent them from planting their banner you know and you get you know x amount you get five rounds for it we should do a game of capture See, that'd be another really cool one where, yeah, it's the Kill Team has things like that that I've been looking at where, you know, we could put... I'm such a big fan of anything that gives you capture the flag games. Yeah, like, you could put an so objective hex fun. on each side of the map or even, you know, three or four. You could do three, be like, all right, best two out of three. And you could not even worry about the round counter or anything like that and just be a, hey, let's run back and forth and see who can actually, like... Let's see who can steal each other's banners. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. You could totally set up, like, all of your banners and then have people actually run out to steal your banner. That would be... And then be... you'd have to move back through the field with their banner. Yeah. To get to your side. And if side. you get knocked out, you drop it. Yeah. If a person of that steps of that banner steps onto it, it back to home base. Yeah. That would be really fun. That would be really fun. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna have to do that. <laughs> so, okay, so so, but let's 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 roll it back. Let's roll it back to vanilla god tier. <laughs> let's not do homebrew god tier. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, you've all been enjoying our homebrew god tier game. This is the why. If it's a good skirmish game, even if it has a harsh set of rules, one, the internet exists now. It is one of the best and most in my opinion, most important rules of gamers these days. Like, especially nonverbal comprehensionists, like myself, I do not do well with reading a rule set and being like, oh, okay, this is how I do this. I need to see it function and then be like, I can watch it function and be like, oh, I have half an idea on how that functions. Read a little bit, cool, I have a hunt. I'm solid now. Nice. And, you know, I need something like that. So YouTube's one of my best friends, and then there are lots of forum pages where people are like, hey, 
like you were saying, find a quick reference and people will be able to help you out a lot. And in my opinion, it depends on your level of iconography, uh, like comprehension. I do really well with icons and comprehending and finding and matching things. By the time I read the back of the pamphlet or the back of the rule book, I had a decent idea on what each symbol meant and what each kind of character kind of did, just based off of seeing the symbols themselves. Yeah. And so that's where that comes in. And I understand a lot of people don't play as many board games as I do and don't have as much of that iconography read right off the bat. Yeah. And that's just one of those things, but they do do well doing that. So as somebody who very much loves this game and <laughs> at, you know, as a prolific gamer, because you do play a lot of games every night. If I'm not playing board games with somebody, I am playing video games until I pass out. So for God tier, what is the type of gamer that you would recommend this game to? Like skill level or preferences kind of stuff. Who would you recommend this game to? Preference-wise, I would probably suggest this to anybody who's into wargaming. Period. Anybody who's into wargaming, this is a great way to get your friends into wargaming without them having to drop a lot of money. That's the big thing about God Tier, in my opinion, is the base sets are 50 bucks or 60 bucks a piece. Mm -hmm. I think they're 60 bucks. But it gives you all your dice, everything you need to play the game, and two champions to start off with. Which and is then, all you need to play a, a PvP. Yeah. And then the other cool thing is every expansion that they have is $30. Sometimes the plastic weight is a little bit different, but at the same time, they're not making this one model $60. I was going to say, $30 just by itself sounds a little expensive, but when you consider Warhammer, where you're dropping $60 for one, one model, and then one. you're spending $30 and you're getting an entire team. Yeah, so the best way I can put it is the best champion I've seen for your bang for your buck, which is a pretty common layout right now, is your champion, who is going to be a decent size bigger than uh, most of your followers. Other than, like, Jin isn't particularly much bigger. She's a little bit bigger, but not the, like, towering over bigger that most of them are. Or your follower is going to dwarf your champion. Because it is either your champion and five with their banner, or the lowest I've seen is two models, which is, uh, he's a champion called Shale. Shale is about two inches tall eh, we'll call it an inch and a half his follower is about three inches tall nice. and so all the plastic that you would have been getting in the smaller followers is definitely consolidated into him and then some in my opinion yeah. and so there's never that moment like you were saying with warhammer where i felt cheated right a little bit like sometimes you like, buy an army and it's got six minis and sometimes you buy an army and it's got 15 and they're the same price exactly like, what is like, going on yeah one of my biggest things was i played kill team i was looking into maybe getting into very low scale warhammer 500 to a thousand points being like okay you know people play that kind of game i could probably convince some of the guys to play smaller with me cool i'll look into it i was playing dark elves essentially they call them uh, the Drakari. yeah uh which my friend loved because my name is Drew. So they were the Drew Kari. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh my uh, god. Uh, Hours uh. of that. Every time I'd hit him with something, he'd be like, stupid Drew Kari. I had 20 models for that game and spent about the same amount on, on both of the armies. I started playing Chaos Space Marines and had spent probably 60 ish bucks on both and was content with that. I was like, that's not bad. You know, I'm still doing pretty good. Went to look into doing full-scale Warhammer and the points kind of adjust and things like that. Uh, 
and Miter Kari that I'd spent 60 bucks on was half the amount of points of the same amount of models, 20 and 20. I had 20 of each. My 20 Chaos Space Marines were worth almost double what my Drakari were worth, meaning that I'd have to buy another 60 bucks to catch up. Which and is that's, ridiculous. Yeah, and that's exactly. Like, if you're going to, in my opinion, this I mean, is a very I, opinionated I like statement, but if you're going to put out a game where a box of 10 is going to be the same price for these two armies, but this one's going to be half the amount of points in the game, maybe that box should be 20 models instead. Yeah. That's the thing, is that it's not an equivalent exchange all the time, and so that's why a lot of players don't play certain armies. Like, a lot of people don't play Drakari. A lot of people don't play Eldar because of the fact that they're weaker, like, physically weaker in the game, and so that means you have they become horde armies where you have to have so many of them yeah. in order to actually, like, that's how that gameplay is meant to be. And that's I why... had a, a, a good old-fashioned... World of Warcraft for the Horde. For the Horde! Just... <laughs> Dude, 100%. It was, like, that's one of the things that kills me on that, and that's one of the things I appreciate so heavily about God Tier. Everything costs the same, and everything's equally as viable across the board, depending on your play style. Because even even that guy that only comes with one follower, his one follower is, is worth a minion. It's yeah. worth several minions. Yeah, it's worth five minions, easily. Yeah. So, maybe so a little more you're buying him because he fits your play style because you don't need to have six seven minions running around doing what that one guy is yeah there to do. i'd rather plant this dude and my slayer on the other side of the objective hexes push my opponent off the objective hexes and then i'd much rather have him and my slayer standing up there than have my slayer and 10 minions i'd rather have my five little minions for my slayer, because most of the slayers come with five, at least the ones I have. Cute little minions. But I'd rather have my slayer minions up there, and then I'd rather have my big minion right next to my champion as that backup for, oh, you're going to come at my, my champion? Now you have this big brick wall that you can ignore him, or he's going to wail on you for a good chunk of time. So, yeah. your choice. You know, I like to put people in those kind of corners. Like, if you're going to come at me, I like to at least make sure that I've got a good corner. You're going to put yourself in a dilemma if I can get my way. And so I would much rather have that big guy there than be like, oh, well, you got to wade through these five followers. Oh, two rounds later, you're standing right in front of my champion. And all your ready. followers are KO'd. Yeah, and I'm, I'm recruiting them as fast as I can, but you can per round recruit up to two, and that's it. Yeah. And so you can take your plot one of your plot phase actions to recruit and you can take one of your clash phase actions to recruit and that's it and you're cutting off your other choices that of attacking moving moving and attacking you know yeah. all the variable things that you'd much rather play yeah. and so i'd much rather have a big dude who's just like nope i'm gonna stand here in your way and you're gonna go through you know six hit points worth of damage before you even get to the other guy so i want to know what are some things you don't like about god tier because we've, we've I hear you singing praises for it all the time, but I know that there's got to be a few little nitpicky things. I'm not 100%. This is going to be a weird nitpicky thing. Right. This is a pretty nitpicky one. But the first one I can think of, I don't like their dice. Uh, that's fair. I don't like that there's three blank sides, one uh, or two ones and a two. I don't like that. I don't know why. It, I just you. don't like it. Yeah, it really bothers me. I've even got the cool, like, translucent smoky dice. And so when I got back, we had had the Kickstarter start. And when I got back, I decided to buy most of the Kickstarter stuff, other than, I think, the extra map. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't need one. I was like, well, I'm going to be the one showing all my friends, and I have two maps. So I don't think I need this. But I don't know what it is. I don't 
<sighs> I don't like that there's so many blanks, I think is what it is. Just just put if, just if we, put a bunch of ones. If we had two, yeah, if we had two blanks and a one or in three ones, I think I'd like it a little bit more. I like there to be more damage happening, more things to be going off. But the amount of times I roll seven dice and then get like two or three and I either barely meet their dodge or I don't do any damage because I managed to just get equal to their two armor. And that is really obnoxious. Like, I personally would just rather, even if it's one point, I don't care if it comes back at me the same way. I'm fine with that. I like to try to keep my guys out of the way of harm. So, you know. It's... Oh, man, this this already bodes <sighs> not well for me. You've seen how dice roll for Oh, me. yeah. That's I'm never going to, I'm not going to land a hit at all, ever. You know what? There are a few things that have auto hit things, so I think you'll be okay. <laughs> you'll be okay. You're gonna you're gonna want to play Ragnosh though, because his follower's got a nice little ability that's like as long as you can hit their accuracy, because there are two dice rolls per attack. Oh nice. As long as you can hit their accuracy, they just do one wound. Done. Like Ooh. just instantly that's if it's I a need. champion, it does one. That's the reason why I picked fighter in D D so often, is because when you start getting into higher levels, you can roll like three times to attack and I'm liable to hit at least, at least once. once. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and so I think that that'd be one that you like. I really like that you, so you activate the union. So it's a love hate relationship with this one. I love and hate the fact that you get the chance to activate your whole unit. And so, like, if I've got five followers, I can choose to move all five of them. But if I go to use one of their abilities, I have to pick a hex worth of them. And that's a little weird to me. I'm getting used to it, and it's been a year, and I'm still kind of getting used to it. That determines a lot of what their accuracy dice and what their actual like power is going to be because if you have one it's like oh you get four accuracy and five damage but if you have three on one hex and you're using that hex to attack you get six accuracy and seven damage and it's like all right cool that's really nice but like kind of learning some of the balances and stuff like titus has got one that you really got to kind of do some of the number crunching before you even start playing to kind of think about what the best to get the best out of it is because yeah. he's got one that they get bonuses for every one that's surrounding the target but it still changes depending on how many guys you have in it so like the best is to kind of have two of them in the actual hex that you're going to use and then have the rest of them surrounding the thing nice and you get okay. kind of the best bonus there's a couple you can do it a couple other ways but i think that's the best bonus you can get i haven't been able to find a better one even adding the third minion because you kind of take away from it it isn't an equivalent mm-hmm. I think you get one more, I think you get a bonus accuracy, but you don't get a bonus damage. And that's where it's like better to leave them out there because you'll get, I can see how you won't get that accuracy bonus, but you're going to be getting a better damage bonus in the end. And then that also kind of comes in how you like to, how you like to play and such. Play style. It all comes back to play style. I yeah. can see how that would be a little crunchy though. Yeah. And so like just kind of thinking with his guy, it kind of takes a little extra bit. Some of the movement. So like some of the, like I said, the rules aren't the best worded. Some cards say that you can't, like, some, it doesn't necessarily state anywhere that you can't push minions onto objective hexes to kill them. Um, that's the thing that you had to, like, go into their fact to find. But, but it doesn't not say that you can do that. Exactly. <laughs> I went onto their fact and they were like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, well, that's BS, but whatever. I was really hoping to punch this minion. And even if I didn't, like, land that wound, I was hoping that the pushback of it could have pushed him into that of objective hex and killed him but it says that they stop and i'm like mm. mm. if i'm hitting him hard enough to push him a whole hex mm. 
you really think a god tier is going to stop them? He just slides around yeah. to the next hex. He just... <laughs> yeah, and that, that's one of the things I don't particularly love. I wish that that was different of, no, if you push that thing onto the objective hex, it's gone. I'm sorry, but if a... It would it would make more sense for it to be something like a wall of force in D&D, where you push them into it, they take damage when they hit it, and then they bounce back to where they were. Yeah, if something like that happened where they took a point or something like that, I think that it, it would make a little more sense, because... I'm a I'm a dirty fighter. I won't lie. If I'm getting bum rushed by six dudes and I know, well, if I push this guy off the cliff, that'll leave me with five dudes instead of six dudes. I'm not going to sit there and fight that guy hand to hand. I'm going to push him over the cliff and have it be done with. And that's what kind of bothers me about that is yeah. that I'm like, I get that some people might be uncomfortable with that concept, but there's five people around me. Well, this is also, it, it, it's not, it's a skirmish game. Yeah. Y- your goal is to skirmish with people. It's not a pillow fight. Yeah, and it's not a proper British fight yeah. where everyone's standing in a line and yeah. marching forward. It's, it's not old colonial warfare. It's guerrilla warfare. Yeah. I'm going to punch this guy off a cliff. Yeah, I'm going to punch this guy off a cliff or I'm going to punch him into a energy source. You know, I'm going to fry that guy because I'm going to punch him as hard as I can into that heat source or into that energy source. And I'd rather him just be vaporized and done with than have to sit here and hit you three times. Yeah. Yeah, why not do it? And so that's... It irks me a little bit. Just a, Just a little, little bit. bit. One of the things I think would be kind of cool, but I'm not going to nitpick it too hard for, I'd like to be able to take my models apart. Yeah. Because I've painted Wrath and stuff like that, and there are a few sections that are really hard to get. Or even I if know... they just didn't come pre-glued. Yeah. I don't know. I like that they're done and ready to be go and play, because I get that most people aren't going to probably paint their miniatures for it unless you're like me you're into it and you like mini painting otherwise you're they're just going to be figures that you use for a board game and that's fine whatever do it do it so that i get why they come together but it's one of those things that like i don't know a nice feel pull them apart or like even a micro amount of articulation so that i could lift their arms so that i could paint their Goram armpits I've... <laughs> and then put their arms back down and I don't have this weird like I hope my model never gets knocked over because there's a bear part right here that if you're at this right angle Just you can see. Wildwood Brown is amazing for that because you can just go in and drip it in there and it coats so well and so then even if you can't get your paint quite right if it gets knocked over it's still just black like it's still just dark colored so it looks like it's shade. Yeah, I, I ended up holding him upside down and, and putting a large amount of null oil in there. The Wildwood <laughs> works so, or Snakebite Leather. Oh, yeah. Because those contrast really well. paints are really nice and thick, so they actually stay where you put them. Yeah. Works great. Oh, I, I've had to that's... do that. I'm painting uh, the entire oh. Rising Sunset. How's that going, by the way? Slow. I, I, I've just had the, uh, the owner ask primarily just because he wants to play the game. Slow. <laughs> but I'll tell him we'll find a different copy to play. Slow. <laughs> But <laughs> hey, I'm here to help with the armies, by the way. Oh, like, that stuff's super. I'll take you but I've had to do that with quite a few of them because Rising Sun has the same problem where they come pre-glued, all put together. Because most Based. people take them out of the box and just go. Yeah, the bases have colors on them, so it's not that big of a deal. But it makes it really difficult to paint them, especially that crazy tree full of heads. Oh yeah, I bet that was really, really obnoxious. I hated that. Yeah, and I mean, that's... I loved it. It looked amazing. 
hated it. And that's where some of the parts of like board games in general, that's how they normally come. So I'm not giving them too much flack for it. But as a mini painter, I would prefer it if we had it. Maybe I'll shoot you some of my pictures of the guys I've Heck painted yeah. and we'll put it up next to this or something. Yeah, do know. that do that I'll, I'll happily put some of the pictures up yeah. even if you have some unpainted ones like you could show the unpainted versus some of the painted ones yeah i've got uh i could do a little series right now because i've got like the unpainted most of my guys and then i've got ragnosh is primed but i don't have the right colors for him yeah give hey, me yeah, some pictures we'll enough. put them up on social media when the episode drops cool so cool. hey if you're listening to this now um you should check out our facebook page there's a link tree in the description of this video that will take you to our Facebook page. There should be some cool pictures up there by now. Yeah, I got a couple of them. I'm not the best mini painter. I like to keep it to the basics, but yeah. I like to do flashy small... I like to do small flashy things on my models. I mean, I like... when you're painting armies, you just got to keep it simple. Oh, that's the... You know what? That's actually a really good point. I don't feel like I'm painting armies. Nice. Like, that's one of the cooler parts about this, is that I feel like i'm painting a group of miniatures more for my campaign than anything of being like oh i'm gonna paint up some i need a few of these villagers i'm gonna paint up the boss you yeah. know it it kind of feels more like if i'm sitting down painting for my D or pathfinder campaigns and i've noticed when i have that mentality able to kind of happen i enjoy it way more the minute i realize i'm doing an army painting and i'm gonna do 20 to 30 models the same color mm -hmm. scheme it that's where I kind of, I'm like, oh yeah, basics from here on out. And I'm not going any, I'm not putting any extra oomph past that on it. But I feel like I can take a little extra time. Like if I was painting an army of the Splashlings, I would not have painted on every little bump that had the little splashing, like turmoiled water, cloudy bits <laughs> to it at all. I would have, I probably would have done a light dry brushing, like a super light dry brushing of them. But I wouldn't have gone in and done like the individual dots that I did and stuff like that. I would not have painted, if I had to do 20 rats, I would not have painted his gem the way I did. Like, <laughs> I took some time to paint it, did, like, my first actual layering, because I'm terrified of my models not looking good. So I'm like, I know I do it good this way. So, like, I'm one of those people, like I said, I like to do small flashy things. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try this one thing right here. And if it works, maybe we'll try it again later. Whereas me, I'm just like, well, if I screw it up, I can take a toothbrush to it, scrub all of the paint off, and start all over. That sounds awful to me. I don't want to do that. I'd rather go buy a new model and try again <laughs> next time and just be like, cool, this is how you're going to turn out then. All right. So, God Tier, highly recommend. Highly. T 10 out of 10? 9 out of 10? 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10? 8 out of 10. All right. There's, there's room for improvement. But, and it primarily comes from the lack of game types. Yeah. Even though they have six game types, it feels the same. I mean, that sounds about right. It's got like an 8.7 out of 10 on Board Game Geek. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so much fun. It's so much fun. So come play it, Hannah. I will, I will come over and play it sometime. Let's, let's let things calm down a little bit more. But I will yeah, come once, over. Once my personal life isn't as hectic. So yeah, if you if you like skirmish board games, or if you just want to try and get into this kind of skirmish based board game, oh my god, if you're trying to get into it, god I can't recommend a better game. Great place to start. Yeah, I can't. If you're trying to get into the mini skirmish, see if it's even half your thought. And you've been looking at the price tags for Warhammer or Dark Souls or any of those other ones. Yeah, they they can be really intimidating and. The only other game that I'd probably suggest that's about as good for it is Legion. And we'll get around to talking about Legion because I would say Warhammer is here at the tippy tippy top. Mm -hmm. God Tears probably at the one of the more basic 
mini hex style mm-hmm. games that you can get and legion is like perfectly right in the middle nice. of it all like it's it's got a similar ploy that every box is almost the same except for a few outliers and those outliers are big heavy plastic boxes the atst i have was more than the rest of the my normal little guys but all my little guys are more or less the same price nice and so that was something i was like oh yeah and so we'll get into talking about those guys and why they're awesome but, but for starting out for or or somebody starting. looking for something new that they don't want to invest a ton of money in or it's covid you're probably stuck with one to four people in your house you're probably stuck with one to three people in your house anyway get god tier play a couple matches against your buddies get two box sets but you know play a small tournament it's super fun super easy to set up and get playing is the important part so go check out your local game store highly recommend you shop local support your local game store if you don't have one we have a local game store and we can ship yeah internationally pretty awesome actually it's getting better it's getting better every day every day every day we've got an amazing (laughs) social media and website team that are working every day to get it better did you see that new server box downstairs any final thoughts before we god tears wonderful the guys at steamforge games you've had your hiccups but you keep pressing on like you're pressing on and you'll be fine not a sponsor but they should sponsor us no they're i'm <laughs> i'm just a big fan of them i had a personal hiccup with them they kind of gave me a more or less personal apology at gamma um and then were really cool to us right off the bat they're really cool guys and if you can't get your stuff at an LGS or you're having a hard time getting it through us because we don't have it, go to their website. Buy it from them. They're wonderful and they deserve it. Steamforge Games also does a ton of Kickstarters constantly for the new stuff that they're bringing out. Yeah, keep an eye out for them. They This year they dropped one of the coolest games that I haven't been able to get off my hands on and it kind of drives me nuts because we've talked about how much I love the video game. Oh, no. uh, and That's one of their big things too. They do a lot of video game. Like I did not realize how many more video game licenses and properties they have they've got a devil may cry they've got dark souls they've got uh horizon zero dawn that's the one i'm really sad i don't have um I have a copy downstairs oh i know money i know i'm just saying there's like three copies on the shelf downstairs. i know i don't expect it to just disappear but i want it now <laughs> that game the video game's awesome i bet the the board game's gonna be equally as awesome i got a chance to look at that back at gamma and i've been super stoked the models on that are insane that's the other thing god tier has some of the sickest models we like, talked about just, that last time yeah. yeah they're just good models yeah other than that you know it's it's a good one stay safe out there stay inside play your board games hook up your lgs heck yeah and we'll talk to you next time you've been listening to the game cabinet at the au radio podcast network If you're interested in any of the titles from today's episode, you can check out the link tree in the description to visit Adventures Underground at their online store to browse the selections or inquire about special orders. If you'd like to contact the show, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just check out that link tree in the description. Or you can email the show at podcast at advunderground.com. You can also support this show and all the awesome shows on AU Radio that you love by becoming a patron of the AU Radio Podcast Network. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash ADV underground. For as little as $1 a month, you can help us continue to create these shows and soon many more. 
You've been listening to the AU Radio Podcast Network. Music is provided by CubbyPurplePlanet.com and BenSounds.com. Views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Adventures Underground. AU Radio is a production of Adventures Underground. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.